two, one. Welcome back to another victory post-game pod from your boys over here at Banditland Boulevard. I am, I'm, of course, Trevor Howard, one of your co-hosts. And then right across from me, via the Zoom platform, we got Tony LaMonica, a.k.a. BoxN98TL. Tony, you were there. I watched about half the game. And, uh, I mean, the Bandits are 8-1 and one and have completed. Get your brooms out. They've completed the sweep against the little brother that we've said on this show multiple times in the Rochester Nighthawks. Yep, that's what we were doing, basically cleaning house, and boy, oh boy, did Blue Cross look clean for the orange and black as we obviously do what we do best. We swept them off their feet, and we cleaned house, and the Bandits go 3-0 and against our little baby brothers. I could say baby brothers because the way <laughs> they were ending that game, they looked like little babies. So you know what? I could say that out loud, and I don't care. Guess what? Too bad. We're 3-0 against you, and we proved it yet again. And you know what? I have to say before we go into our segments, I have to say to the boys in orange and black, God bless you guys for being Hell so yes. disciplined, walking away from the stupidity on their team. And look what happens. We get a penalty shot at the end. We get uh, constant calls our way. And look what happens when you just walk away from the situation. Good for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean – you, you have to give credit there. We've only said it on the show 18,000 times. And <laughs> you know what? If it Also, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. God bless the, the boys in the black and orange because they really showed up and showed out last night, winning by six with a final score of 14 to eight. And still, if you go onto social media and you talk a bunch of praise about the Buffalo Bandits, you will get some triggered Rochester Nighthawk baby fans that will come in and act like modern-day Dallas Cowboy fans, bringing up their old titles like it actually matters now, even though they're completely disregarding the you know the old saying that I always live by, which is, what have you done for me lately? So, guys, be careful if you are on social media because you might run into a couple crybaby 585 fans that are still butthurt about what's been going on this season against the bandits. But I digress. You know, you know what else, Tony, before we dive into our, you know, our, our stats and everything like that. Sure. Doesn't it feel good that the bandits swept Sean Evans? Isn't that such a, isn't that such a good feeling? Oh, he was definitely not happy after his performance uh, that night, last night. Good Lord. He was just so sour grapes and crying waffles the whole entire game complaining and trying to get us to just falter to his ego and we didn't do that at all and we just stayed on top we basically kept on moving forward we avoided the crybabiness and just put the goals on the board where it mattered and boy oh boy I think they're starting to listen and understanding. Yeah, even though they get pushed around and knocked down, but you know what? They get on their feet and they just keep on scoring, and that's what we do best. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I saw every single every time there was a whistle blown and he was out there on the field. He's either chirping to the referee, mm-hmm. complaining about a no call, even though the referees in the first half were completely terrible. Um, I don't care what anybody says out there. The refs. With that, with that hold by Bryce Sweeting that they called in the first quarter, like what the hell was that? That was not a hole. He's just trying to prevent the dude from scoring by just using his stick to try to poke his stick, and they called that holding. I was telling my brother when we were watching the game, I was like, "Yo, uh, are they supposed to just let him walk in and score, or, mm, or I don't what? Know. Like, I don't, I don't know. The referees <clears throat> are still a problem. We've said that on this show time and time again. But the band is coming off a huge, huge victory, going eight and one. They're number one in the Eastern Conference, while Rochester. 
Oh, our baby brothers are three and six and seventh in the East. You hate to see that if you are a Buffalo Bandits fan. That's such a shame. But either or, um, you know, we can talk about our score predictions in a little bit. But I was right about the eight. I was right about the eight with Rochester. It just did not follow that pattern that I was going with with with, with the 12, 8, 11, 8, 10, 8. I'm I'm happily wrong with it being fourteen to eight, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, having the Bandits win by a touchdown. It's always good to see. Um, sure. You being there in Rochester, and I was watching it on the ESPN Plus feed. Mm-hmm. Was it, it was a very weird first quarter, if you think about it, because it was very back and forth. Frazier scoring 33 seconds in. Smith mm-hmm. scoring to tie it up about a minute later. Dane Smith scoring, and then literally 15 seconds later, Matt Gilray, an, of a very familiar face, comes in and ties it up at two. It was just super mm-hmm. back and forth, um, but it was also great to see Ian McKay score two in that first half. That was unexpected. Uh, as you know, from me watching that, I would expect, you know, guys like Frazier and Tahoka and Dane Smith, of course. We can get into his performance a little bit later, but them to score two goals in the first half. Ian McKay, hats off to you, sir, because you really stepped it up in that first half. I was not expecting a guy like Mickey to go in there and score two goals like like he did in that first half. Yeah, I mean, you got to expect people to step up and do their job. And boy, oh boy, did we like to see number four do what he does best, too. And that's score when we don't expect it and again that surprised even probably Rochester's team and their defense going wow this guy never like he doesn't usually shoot but that's what how creative this team is of the Buffalo Bandits they like to pull surprises on our opponents so again they're thinking god we we can't just stop their main guys. We can't even stop their secondary guys or whoever else is on there. Who do we really cover? You know, but again, the bandits have a scheme and a plan. And yet again, Dane Smith even said so himself. Um, we basically just have to go out there and do our duty. And basically that's what they did. And it's just surprising that you have unexpected names who are very, very quiet since like week one now to say, Hey, we can score two. We can contribute as well. So that's what I'm, I'm very happy with Ian McKay. And you also, uh, with Robinson too, posting a goal. Uh, Absolutely. You never, you never thought maybe he would actually shoot on that, but it, you know, he's got a killer of a shot as well. So again, to those guys that stepped up, awesome job boys, really. And we've talked about the depth on this team, a whole bunch. And we said, mm-hmm. Hey, one guy goes down, another another guy is going to fill in his shoes quite well. And we saw that with Steve Priolo. I'm not sure where he was, what happened to him before the game, but I, I heard on the ESPN Plus broadcast that he was inactive, and I was like, hmm, wow, okay, let's see who steps up. Well, Ian McKay certainly stepped up on the defensive side and on the offensive side. And then Justin Robinson, where did that bullet of a shot come from? That lefty, I mean, what? How did that even how did that even happen? Just takes it in the restraining line, says, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna shoot it. Good things happen when you shoot the ball. And and the depth right. on this team is is so deep with mm-hmm. with talent. You know, a, a guy like C. Priolo goes down should be a huge loss, but it it really wasn't because of the depth on this team. Kudos to the guys that did step up like Jordan Storos. He got in there and he played. He was tough as well as containing Sean Evans and Curtis Knight and other guys that were averaging five, six points per game. And then we'll come into that detail in another. But again, I wasn't too sure why Brett Noseworthy and Steve Priola were cut until you just said that. But thank you. Um, 
being inactive. I don't know if they were hurt or they just needed a week's off just to get some uh, rest or so. I don't know specifically, but thank you, Trevor, for letting me know that Absolutely. and let our fans know about what Priola was, uh, why he was inactive. So, all right. Well, Priolo, if you're listening in, we hope that you feel better next week uh, when we go to Albany to the MVP arena. So get well soon, buddy. But I'm glad that the boys stepped up in your place and did their job like they're supposed to. No, exactly. Like usually I, you know, if a, if a star on a team for any sport is out with an injury or is just not playing for that night, you can obviously see it on the score sheet. They just don't look like the same team. The mm-hmm. bandits look like the same bandits we've been seeing in 2021 outside of that Toronto rock game where they lost. Like mm-hmm. they, they're still firing on all cylinders, putting up 14 goals, holding Rochester to under 10 for the third time this regular season. And mm-hmm. I've been praising the depth on this team so much that it's just becoming obvious at this point that Steve Dietrich built this roster from the ground up. He absolutely knows how to build a roster and John Tavares absolutely knows how to coach this team. So hats off for everybody in this organization that knows what they're doing. And um, Mm -hmm. also great things happen when when you shoot the ball. Justin Robinson got the eighth bandit goal assisted by Mm -hmm. Kevin Brownell. That's it. Like that. That's all you need to know. You, there's no names on that goal. Like Frazier, Smith, Byrne. It was Robinson from Brownie. So yeah, you know, you love to see those goals like that. Where you're like, hmm, Robinson's on the board. Awesome. You like, like you love to see like things like that happen. And the fact that the Bandits completely shut out the Rochester Nighthawks throughout the entire third quarter. That's correct. Uh, the third quarter was very uh, key for us, especially even though we only scored three, but still to defensively stop any team and really shut them out for that. That basically helps you win games is that, you know, when Albany's going back and forth with us to follow uh, the past week, um, we were thinking, okay, this could be scary, but with our offensive firepower, that wasn't going to happen. And I'm glad right. that the bandits still stuck with it. They defensively did an, another amazing job keeping them, like you said, at eight goals again, which for Matt Vince uh, goals against average stays at eight. Um, obviously he had a um, 0.867 save percentage this night against Rochester, his former team uh, 52 of 60 uh, to be exact. And my God, this, whatever they're doing, they're doing well. The plan is working. Just, don't change it until you got to fix it later if it starts to falter. But wow, just an amazing all-around game from our boys in the orange and black. And I cannot wait to go to Albany to see these guys next week and see the crowd from Bandits Mafia go to as well. So guys, uh, fans around the National Lacrosse League, if you are a fan of the Buffalo Bandits and you want to take a trip, come on out to Albany, go get those tickets for the MVP arena. I cannot wait to see the orange and black fill those seats because really they roughly average around 33 to 3,500 people per game. And we could definitely fill the other 4,000 missing five. If we can get out there and support our boys. So go get your tickets right now. No doubt about it. It's, I think it's going to be, you're going to see a very similar type of invasion type of away crowd. Like, like you did with Rochester. You couldn't even tell that it was a Rochester Nighthawk home game. And that is what I love about this fan base. And that's what I love about this team. They care any sport in Buffalo. It does not matter. You like the Sabres. You like the Bills. You like the Bisons. Fans love their sports teams in Buffalo. And the Bandits, we've said it time and time again on this show, that they're the most winning professional franchise in the city of Buffalo with four titles. So you better believe that they will travel around the country if they have to into visiting arenas, visiting venues, 
to pack that house to cheer on their boys in the orange and black. And that is what I love about this team because you couldn't even tell. If you are a casual fan and you, you watched last night's game, you would say Bandits are the home team. No doubt about it. Because every time they yep. scored, everybody in the bowl level and the 100 level seats were standing up and cheering. It looked like a home game. I couldn't even spot a Rochester Nighthawks fan. And then at the end where the Bandits released uh, the video on their Twitter of Dane Smith hyping up the crowd, there was no Rochester fan in sight. All You saw Bandits flags. You saw the face paint. You saw the orange afros. You saw the wigs. It was... It, it was like, I've said it before. You've seen the box heads and you, <laughs> see, you just see the orange and black. So you're going to see something very similar to that in Albany. And you have to give it to the fans too. Like you guys, Tony, you guys that went out there, you have to give it to the fans that bought the ticket, made the, made the drive mm-hmm. to the Rochester and, and, and made it feel like a home game for, for our guys. Boy, when those guys looked happy, on the videos that they showed afterwards saying this is a home game this ain't no road trip this is a home game we brought bandit land to rochester we brought it to the blue cross arena and we made so much noise that only a handful of people for rochester came out to support their team that's kind of sad in a way to say it's like you guys lost faith in your team and you guys don't have the the hope that you guys have but you know what that's okay if you guys feel that way that's fine that's your discretion and that's your call but for us we have a team that we love to support 100 percent of the time we don't stop talking about them we don't stop cheering for them we always have your backs guys and we just want to say thank you for what you do every time you set foot off and on the field so we appreciate that very much no doubt about it and i mean and give it to the halifax thunderbirds too for uh, tweeting at the bandits last night saying are you guys at home i mean that was what it looked like that was that was great um, especially from a team like Halifax that was kind of chirping against their old city. As you remember, they used to be the the original Nighthawks, and then they That's moved right. to Halifax, Canada, and then Rochester Nighthawks brought back their ex- expansion team. So you got to give it up to Halifax for taking a little shot at their at their old city and uh, giving the bandits <laughs> a little spark there too. So that was, that was pretty funny. Um, but that fourth quarter, Tony, I don't know if, if you felt the same way, but, you know, just me following it on my phone – seeing guys like Bertrand and Smith and Hogarth score back to back to back when the bandits had the 11, five lead, were you getting a little nervous? Cause I certainly was. Uh, I've got to say, I got to disagree with you on that. I wasn't afraid at all. Yeah. They had their little go-to little mini run of goals, big deal. But what we do is we don't panic. We just, we get back to our roots. We get back to basics and we, you know, defensively have to shut down their offense. And again, I'm proud of these def- uh, the defense because they shut down Knight and Sean Evans to only three points. They didn't allow him to score at all. They they only gave him assists. That's it. They are, there had to be other players like Turner Evans had to score for them or um, or Ryan Smith had to score for them. There was right. no really other player to like really step up. No one wanted to step up. That was your opportunity, guys. And I'm not saying this to be like um, from the outside looking in or I have to be like a coach to you guys, but – I say this for every team is that if you guys don't have the depth like we do, that players need to step up and they can step up and score without the star players being there, then we're set. You guys got to find that again, because if you guys lose Knight and Evans or, or uh, Turner Evans, whatever, whatever brother. And so you better step up. You got to have like a 20 point or 20 goal score. If you can't, then you're in trouble. 
Bandits don't have that problem right now. As long as we stay healthy, we're a dangerous team out there in the National Lacrosse League. The band, yeah, that was well said. And the Bandits completely shut down their their only stars. And look what happens. They can't score more than 10 goals. Nope. With the Bandits, Priolo's out. Noseworthy's out. And they still put up 14 goals and beat a team on the road, which felt like a home game, by six goals. That is the difference between the Buffalo Bandits and the Rochester Nighthawks right there. Point blank, period. I don't care what anybody says. That is just the flat-out difference between these two teams. It's it's uh, it's it's apples to oranges. And then you have to give it to you know, to Hoka Nanakoke. I mean, <laughs> I know he was going to have a great night, but he really showed up and showed out. And then he's taking pictures with fans after the game. Overall, great guy. And the goal where he shot it flat on his stomach, are you kidding me? <laughs> Tohoka Nanakoke is an absolute stud, and he has to be in the conversation. He has to be the front runner for Rookie of the Year, no doubt about it. Yeah, number one is definitely, in my book, the number one Rookie of the Year. I don't care who else is on the list of that, but if you guys don't vote for uh Tahoka Nanakoke, I'm telling you guys right now, you are sadly mistaken. That boy has proven time and time again how good he is as a lacrosse player. He's got, like I can say this a million times, he's got great hand-eye coordination. He's got the the snap of a wrist shot that anybody can want on their team. And boy, oh boy, you know what? You might as well give him hats every week because he's going to score hatties like they're nothing. Oh, my God, this kid's going to have at least a good fit up. Uh, plus 75 score uh, point season every time you talk about them because <laughs> I can't, I don't know, dude, I, you want to take this here, take this title away from me and keep it. I don't <laughs> want it anymore. You just do it. Do your thing. Toka. you're awesome. Keep it up, bro. You're doing such a great job. Yeah. You absolutely won the orange belt. And it's going to take some, some guy who's uh who really, really wants to bring it in this league to take that title away from you. But, I mean, as, as of right now, Rookie of the Year, it's no doubt about it. It's Tohoka Nanakoke. No question. We, all, we can all have our opinions, but if you don't think it's Tohoka Nanakoke, I'm sorry, your opinion is wrong. And I know that opinions are subjective and they can't be correct or incorrect, but I'm sorry, this is the only exception to that rule. Your opinion would be absolutely wrong if you disagree with me on that. That's all I got to say. Unless you're a salty Rochester fan, then I might understand what you're going through. But at the same time, you're, you're not going to you're not going to take that away from him. And if he's not, it's going to be the snub of the century, snub of the NLL career record books. Throw that out the window. It means nothing anymore. Give the Rookie of the Year award to Tohoka Nanako because he's number one on the field. But guess what, guys? He's also number one in all of your hearts. And you also have to give it to Connor Fields, too. Once again, we expected him to have a hell of a night, and he absolutely did, showing up, showing out, and finding the back of the net like we know Connor Fields would. Yeah, Superman does it again with the sweet goal that he had against Harley uh, when Dane Smith fed him behind the net and they thought, oh, I can steal this ball away. And then he just took one little second to look to the other side and he's like, oh, I got a spot. So he leaped in, scored that nice little goal there, probably ESPN caliber for top plays of the week. No doubt. I know Tohoka's is going to be top play being on his stomach, especially scoring that goal as well. Plus, with the fact of hit, uh, Connor Fields having a four-point night, also another hat trick for him too as well and getting a another apple on the board too for the assist um who can we also say about who had a great game what about another caliber espn moment we have to say for matt vince making that diving save and hartley says oh i got an open net and vino says no to rochester can nope. we say that his own <laughs> saying but we can't do that because we're bandits so all we can say is what's he got nothing nothing 
Nothing. Yeah, what's he got? Absolutely nothing. Um, if Chris Swenson was there, oh my god, I, I would just I would love to hear the oh. I would love to hear the in arena call that he made for the big save from our boy Matt Vince because because <laughs> you, you can't say enough good things about him and that was just a heck of a save. Like you mm-hmm. thought the the ESPN Plus broadcast. They thought that uh, that Hartley made the save on Chase Frazier from that pass from Connor Fields in front of the net. It was clear as day that it hit the post, and he's like, oh, man, what a huge save, whatever. It was Rochester's feed, so I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll let you have that moment. But when Matt <laughs> Vince when Matt Vince made that save, the broadcaster for Rochester is just monotone. He's like it's super depressed. I'm like, you are freaking out about a ball hitting the goalpost. Why don't you actually say something about the, the actual save that a goaltender made, right? So I mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh yeah, Matt Vince is definitely up there. And Mr. Max Adler scoring his first NLL goal on his first NLL shot via the penalty shot. You were there, uh, Tony. Why don't you tell the fans what happened and how did he get a penalty shot in lacrosse? Well, basically, at towards the end of the game, I guess uh, with all the penalties that were taken, there were so uh, numerous players for Rochester in the box. Um, I think if it's three or more, uh, you automatically get a penalty shot. So it was awarded. So the the boys in orange and black says, "Max, get out there. You take it." And uh, it turns out he gets not only his first goal in the National Lacrosse League, he gets a it's a marked as a penalty shot goal. Also a power play goal, not no doubt about right. that as well. So, congrats to you, Max. Out of and his first NLL shot, game. his first NLL uh, shot, first NLL shot too as well. Correct. And uh, not only that, but proving he is a good faceoff guy as well. Winning twelve of twenty-five that night too to get himself in a groove. And you know what? If these first games, and he's going to have to go back to play, uh, back to facing off against probably the top center in the national lacrosse league right now in Nardella for the Albany firewolves, right? He knows what to expect this Saturday coming up, which is okay. So this gives him a little bit of a confidence boost. Like, listen, you had me last time in Buffalo. I'm going to take it where, where it hurts back home where I, where I grew up in, in Albany, and I'm going to beat you guys in the face off that. And you know what? Congrats, Max. That's awesome of you to contribute. And you were super stoked afterwards. You were celebrating with your team and that, that is by far, you deserve it, brother. Good job. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff from Max Adler. You know, hats off. And, you know, what we said back when we didn't have a, an established face-off get-off guy, we said if we can just get a guy that can get us 46% to, like, 60% face-off percentage, this team will win every game by four goals, five goals, six goals, and look what they did last night. And then we've said that on, on previous on previous podcasts. We've literally said that you can go back into our archive shows and listen to us talk about, oh, we look look where where we would be if we had a Fogo, a guy like Jay Thornbert. He's not like Jay Thornbert, but he's still a guy that can win you face offs and that is what's important. Twenty out of twenty five or twelve out of twenty five, like what Tony, you know, gave you the stat earlier. That's enough. Clearly we won by six goals. I think he did his job and he also scored a goal. Power play goal, penalty shot goal on his first ever NLL shot on goal. Who can honestly say that? Well, a lot of people didn't expect that, but you know what? He proved to us, the fans that were there and probably the fans that were watching at home saying, hey, this is my time. I got to do it and I'm going to make you proud. So 
you did make us proud, Max, no matter what you did out there today or that game last night, you made us very proud of what you did. So again, congratulations, buddy. You are officially now part of the family of the orange and black. And if I'm Max Adler, I'm never attempting another shot on goal again, because I would like to retire from the, I would like to retire from the NLL with a 100% shooting percentage. That, that is how I would love to go out. You're a face-off, get-off guy. Win as many face-offs as you want. Just don't take another shot on going. When you retire, you'll be known as the guy with the 100% shooting percentage in the National Lacrosse League. So if that was that was me, I'd be like, yep, that was my time. I scored a goal. I'm okay with whatever happens next. I'm going to retire, roll off into the sunset, hopefully as an NLL champion, winning one with the Bandits in 2022. That'd be ideal. And yeah, yeah. also as a guy who would be uh, who would have a 100% shooting percentage. So that's that's great for Max Adler and a great overall just team win. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick, if we go over the penalty summary, we we talked about how the Bandits pretty much stayed in control for the most part and how the referees were so bad, and at least in that first half. Uh, but Matt Gilray went to the box in the first quarter for cross-checking, sweeting for slashing, even <clears> though he just like poked the stick with his stick, which I thought was legal. Um, mm-hmm. Second quarter, Storrells got called for holding. Sweeting got checking from behind. Thomas Hogarth got on Sportsmanlike, and Tohoka Nanako got roughing, which I don't know. I saw it. He looked like he hit him up really high. He lost his helmet. It looked like it could have been called for a four or at least a double minor or a five, but they gave him a rough. Um, Willman and Dawson got penalties in the third quarter for cross-checking and roughing. Uh, Justin Robinson got on Sportsmanlike in the fourth. Ethan O'Connor got a dead ball, dead ball foul uh, in the fourth. Sean Evans got a dead ball foul in the fourth. Same with Witty and Biles. <clears throat> and Biles also got a five-minute high-sticking major. And a five-minute high-sticking major was given to Matt Gilray. Why don't you give the fans at home – I already watched the complete game highlights of this. But mm-hmm. tell the fans at home that maybe didn't watch the game, what transpired with all those five-minute majors? Well, basically because we were overpowering them on our offense and they were, we were just scoring at will. So the only way they thought they could slow us down was by trying to take us out. And again, um, to go back to the two minute rough on Tohoka, and yes, you did say like he may have hit him up high. We, we did see it clearly because it was at our end that we saw. Um, Honestly, that could have been a double minor to a five minute major. But I guess they only gave him two minutes. So we were kind of thankful in a way. But yeah. also it's like, guy, you know, you can't go for the head. You got to just, if you want to hit him clean, hit him clean in the shoulder, below the shoulder. So again, he probably thought that and he probably said to himself, all right, I'm going to calm down. I'm just going to keep grinding toward the net and get the goals that I need to and, you know, and create goals happening. So, but for the end, going back to what you were saying about why Biles, why Gilray and all those guys were getting five minute majors because they were going uh, for the heads. He, they went for the head at Tohoka. They knocked him down and instantly called it. They wanted to calm the game down because that's the only way they can is make those calls. And right. clearly they were right. So um, for the ref's job, I'm, I'm happy about that, that they did their part to make sure that no one got hurt. Good for you guys. Yep. Um, and to maintain discipline for the boys in orange and black, though, I'm sure they probably heard us talking about it thousands of times saying, please stay disciplined and just walk away. And that's exactly what they did in the fourth quarter, knowing they had a, a four to five goal lead and they decided to say, hey, walk away from that crap. We don't need that right now. So good for you guys again to stay out of the box as much as possible, to stay disciplined and to put the goals on the board when needed. So good for you guys all around. You played your – that was probably the best lacrosse game I've ever seen you guys play as a team. Good for you. 
Right. And even though it was also Sean Evans who got that two minute dead ball foul, um, you know, same thing with uh, Justin Robinson and Ethan O'Connor. I think, I think they were just in there stepping up for their team. But uh, mm -hmm. when you see a guy like Evans chirping at you, it's super hard to like kind of restrain yourself. And I understand that because every single time he's out there and there's and the play is called or, or you know, it, there is a dead ball. He's just chirping at the other team's bench. And that's that's why I always said like you love him if he's on your team, but you hate him if he's on the other team. Um, but you know, it also just felt nice to see. That is how you know the Bandits are going to win the game when you see teams like the Toronto Rock and you see teams like the Rochester Nighthawks getting chippy towards the end. They know that their their window to win this game is pretty much closed at this point. That ship has sailed, and they can only resort to physically injuring other players on the Buffalo Bandits, which is always a they're a difficult road to drive on and you know it's it's something that you never really want to see but the bandits did a really good job of containing themselves and just saying well if you don't like it i don't i don't see why you have to take cheap shots at our players just just find the back of the net better that's that's not our problem that one's that's your problem you guys can't stop us first of all you guys can't find the back of your net what gives you the right to attack the head of a guy like Tohoku and Anico just doesn't make any sense but that's how you know the game is pretty much out of touch for the other team and the bandits pretty much have a win up their sleeve but if those things don't transpire uh it's uh max adler never scores that goal and then we we never have that segment on our show where we talk about that so bandits did a great job of containing themselves but at the same time rochester you guys gotta cool it down toronto same thing <clears throat> calm it down a little bit it's a game just accept the fact that you lost and move on yeah, well, hopefully next time when we do face Toronto, that's going to be a mission for the Bandits to regain that confidence back. Now that we both split and we have them for the third and final time, but back home against Key in the KeyBank Center, that's something they got to prove to themselves because they could also be a dangerous team. But with the chirping in that, I get it. It's a game. People are going to be the bully or they're going to be the instigator. They're going to be, you know, talk a lot of stuff about why they're better than the other team. I get it. Everyone does it. I'm not saying it's just their team. We do it too. But again, it's how smart you be afterwards is that you maintain focus on winning the game, staying disciplined, and then just moving forward from there. So again, for the boys in orange and black, thank you for not faltering to their ego. That's fine. Absolutely. And uh, with that said, we can get into the three stars of the game. Let's go from three to one real quick. Starting mm -hmm. off, uh, star number three is for the Rochester Nighthawks, who, by the way, were wearing some blackout jersey, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Some some weird looking. I thought it looked like one of those like fake NHL black ice jerseys. It was giving me that kind of vibe. <laughs> um, wasn't really digging the threads that the Rochester Nighthawks were wearing. But, you know, of course, the orange and black whites, road whites, you can't beat those. Those are by far one of the best jerseys to ever be brought up in, an, in a jersey conversation about the National Lacrosse League. And you guys can't see it right now because you're listening to the audio, but Tony's uh, showing his customized 98 white, and orange, <laughs> and black thread jersey from those jerseys that they wore last night. You obviously oh, cannot yeah. beat those jerseys. Absolutely fantastic um, that they brought back the 90s look. But Ryan Smith was the third star of the game last night, um, and rightfully so. I mean, he scored a hat trick, got a power play goal, and also got an assist, a four-point uh, four night from a guy like Ryan Smith. We were talking about guys like Knight and uh, guys like, you know, the uh, 
the uh, Evans brothers, and we brought up uh, guys like Katoni. But you know what? Give credit where credit is due. Ryan Smith stepped up for his team, and he looked great last night getting four points, but obviously wasn't even close to being enough to dethroning the Bandits because the second star of the game, I cannot believe we haven't mentioned this yet, but no goals for number 22, Josh Byrne, who was the second star, but eight <clears throat> assists. Not seven, not six, not five, four, three, two, or one, but eight assists. What a playmaker Josh Byrne is. Career high for himself, too, as well, to have eight assists on the board to set up everyone else. And this is the thing I'm telling you about this depth on this team is because he trusts anyone else to shoot and score. And you know what, Josh? Kudos to you, Josh Byrne. I mean, a lot of people are expecting you to score, like just like Connor Fields, Tahoka, and Dane Smith with getting hat tricks almost every night. You know what? Playmakers are what happens with goals. And you know what? You became the top playmaker of that game because of your eight apples that you put on the board to help this team win and to set a career high for yourself for most assists in a game. Good for you, sir. Um, but we'd like to see you start scoring goals too. Yeah. We, want to see you score. we would like to see you scoring goals. It's like you have the Chris Cloutier of uh, not shooting on net, but which is fine. But, you know, like I said before, the playmaking does create goals and boy oh boy you eight out of the 14 we had i can't say no to that who can say no to that no bandits fan can say no to that so good for you on getting your career most of a sister in a game kudos to you number 22 but uh next game we're definitely going to need you to start scoring <laughs> for sure right and and to to put it in a in a hockey perspective for all our sabers fans out there uh you were playing a lot like Derek Roy last night, but we need to see a little bit of Thomas Vanek out of you. We've been, mm. you know, we uh, we saw a lot of Sam Reinhardt out of you last night, but we need to see more Jack Eichel out of you. So, you know, we love the assists, we love the points that you're getting, but you know, the the goals are great too. And Josh Byrne, whenever you score, bro, I mean, they are just highlight level goals and we kind of miss those but we love that you are still contributing on that score sheet telling eight assists is absolutely incredible um you know kind of looking like a like a mark stainhouse numbers out there uh mm -hmm. you know looking you know looking great i have nothing against uh, josh bird right now he's you know set, rightfully so the second star of the game um and he also stays very disciplined too and when his number is called on he's uh he's always out there to contribute to the game and the first star of the game no surprise here. No, no, no surprise. Mr. K Hawk killer himself. Killer. Dane Smith tallying eight <laughs> points, a power play goal, three goals and five assists. What a night from Dane Smith. Boy, were the fans barking? I couldn't tell if last night was it, it was a dog pound or was it something because they were definitely backing up number 92. Dane Smith having a hat trick as well. Also tallying five assists to complete an eight point night boy oh boy when you talk about fan base coming to support a team and he feeds off that that's like a big dish of of dog chow and he like decides oh, to devour yeah. that up and say i'm gonna start going for my boys in orange and black fan base wise and my team and boy that's leadership right there and he definitely has shown that he is the nighthawk killer of this league and because we trust him he's our point he's our point leader to be exact um for a reason and again, 92 always comes through and steps up every single game. He's always there 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I 
I heard the 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 uh, fans barking like dogs from the from the ESPN <laughs> Plus feed, which was great. I heard the BOX chant, which was absolutely fantastic. I heard the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We want ten chants. That was absolutely fantastic. Um, fans showed up, and you could obviously tell that players like Dane Smith, like Josh Byrne, like Matt Vince, Justin Robinson, and Max Adler, they they fed off of the energy from the crowd. So they were almost like a six-man, as, as uh, John Tavares always refers to the fans as. They're always the six-man. And believe it or not, they do create a massive effect on how the game is played. The Bandits... <sighs> feed that energy off of their fans. It is almost like a, like a literal sixth man out there um, that they get all the support from their fans. And you absolutely love to see it, you know, top dogs like Dane Smith and, you know, they, they understand that they listen to that and it makes sense. The bandits are always playing with an advantage because it does truly feel like it's six on five when you add the fans in there. Absolutely. With the fan base, you know, cheering you on and giving you that hype and that electricity in the crowd. And that just fires up the players that gets them going. That's like, oh, we got to do this for them because they're they're backing us up. They're coming to our away games. They're they're always supporting us and they're showing up every time we ask them. So why not go out there and give them the best performance that we can? And so far this whole season, eight out of nine guys, that's a statement right there, you know. Good for you guys. You're proving it to us every single game. Even if we lose, like that one loss to Toronto, we get it. But we're always there supporting you. We're always there backing you up. So keep on grinding. And I got a feeling this is the season, boys. Go get it. Go get it. Right. Eight out of nine, undefeated at home. You're going to a hostile territory next week against Albany. And like you said, Tony, I feel it too. If you didn't feel it in 16, you didn't feel it in 19, You have to, I mean, all the writing is on the wall. You have to start feeling like, hey, you know, I don't want to jump to conclusions here, but Uh this team through the first nine weeks of the season has looked a little better than the 16 team, has looked a little better than the 2019 team. Steve Dietrich did a fantastic job with trades that he's made over the years. The the Thomas Mm -hmm. Hogarth trade, not re-signing Sean Evans and, you know, drafting to Hoke and Nanakoke. He is a fantastic talent evaluator and that is why he absolutely deserves another ring with the buffalo bandits as a general manager because he really knows what he's doing john tavares he absolutely needs to earn his ring because i hate the word deserve but you almost have to feel like you want to use it in this situation john tavares is building a great scheme every single night they don't always work, but nobody goes undefeated anymore in this league. Uh, but you know, he, he, you can tell that he really wants his coaching ring as a head coach. Give the Bandits their fifth, uh, their fifth title because Bandits lacrosse, as far as indoor lacrosse is concerned, is the only type of lacrosse that he is familiar with. So he will give it his blood, sweat, and tears to make sure that there's more banners up, up in the rafters, and the fact that he can win his first title as a head coach in the National Lacrosse League. Yeah, give the kudos to the organization from top down to the to the oh God, the uh, equipment guy. That's what Donkey basically could say. Uh, <laughs> Detroit Cordenly, you got to because if you got to make sure these guys are staying healthy, they got their equipments up to par, or you know. And again, with Steve Dietrich and making those trades that he needed to, we all didn't want to agree with some of that we had before, like getting rid of Thomas Hogarth. We loved Hoagie. Ray, we loved you know, Hogarth, right? Matt 
Yes, absolutely. Matt Gilray, Matthew Bennett, also, but unfortunately with his injury, we had to let him go. And Pat Saunders, um, a face-off specialist right there. Saunders, too, as well. There was a lot of players we could name, but you know what? The, the feeling that we have right now, with the way he had his moves, we picked up Tohoka from the draft, and the players that we also picked up, like Max, for a face-off guy, we're, we're filling in the pieces that we are missing to complete the journey. And right now, we're taking it one game at a time. We have tough opponents coming up soon. I'm not taking any team lightly. I don't care if it's back playing against Toronto again. We got Georgia again. We got Philly twice still. Right. Um, you know, you guys got to know those uh, those games coming up are going to be your test. Absolutely. So you guys have to come out and play what you have to do and either stick with the game plan like you're doing, because obviously it's working boys that you guys are eight and one. You're making a stand right now, trying to stay ahead of Halifax. We get that because they haven't faced you yet, but they will be facing you guys back to back. Now that they've been rescheduled um, March 26th is home. Then we go to Halifax the next day. So again, that's going to be probably your true test. But again, every game from here on in, is the test that you got to be better than them. You got to take it one game at a time. And you guys are proving that time and time again. It's also a marathon, <clears throat> not a sprint. I know that's an overused right. sports term, uh, but the bandits are treating this like, Hey, we have enough endurance to literally sprint through this entire marathon and still finish first. That is kind of like the mentality that, that they're going with. And I don't have a problem with it unless they, you know, unless they mess something up and then they need to change something, but they seem to be rolling with this going into Albany next week is going to be great to see. And I like how you mentioned Troy accordingly as well, because he was willing to take a step down and uh, in the position in order to help out the, the better of the team. Uh, you know, yep. that's, that's just, that you, that just shows how much he cares about the bandits still uh, the fact that he would give up a head coaching job and still be with the team bring in somebody who knows the game a little bit better just because of his love of the, of the team and the better for the youth of the team and the future. Uh, but Troy accordingly was a key part of those nineties teams where they won a uh, three, almost like a dynasty in the, in the early to late nineties where they won in 92, 93 and 96. He was on all three of those teams. So he knows what it means to win some of these younger, all, you know, the whole team, pretty much does not know what it feels like to uh, to win a championship in bandit land. So it's important that everybody's just focused in on what, on what they need to do, what they need to do for the better of the team and just take it game by game. It's a marathon, not a sprint. They're eight and one. They've obviously been <clears throat> testing out that type of mentality perfectly. And um, with that said, I think we need to get into our player of the games. You're the, you're the guy with the belt. <laughs> and everybody knows that that's what you do. So why don't you give me who uh, who your key player of the game was? All right. Well, you know, I could name a bunch right now, especially I, you know what? I don't even know if I have a player of the game. I have to, you know what? This belt itself goes to the team itself. The Buffalo Bandits, this, everyone contributed. Everyone did their part. Everyone played a good role and everything fell into plan for what you guys walked into Rochester. So guys, this goes to the entire team itself. I can't even say a player. I mean, I would love to, and I yeah. probably have three on my mind that I would say that deserves this, but again, all around team effort, the bandits team themselves earned the title for me. That's basically it. 
Yeah, you kind of, uh, you kind of spoiled what I was going to say, but I was going to say I'm going to give it to John Tavares, the head coach, for drawing up such a great game plan and you know creating this whole type of uh, you know you don't you find out that Steve Priolo is not going to play, you find out Brent knows whether he's not going to play, and Tavares mm-hmm. is like, hmm, you know, big deal, they're not going to play, we still got to find a way to win, and they won by six. He drew this up, the the team followed it, the team supported it. And they went out there and did their job. So hats off to the Bandits. I'm going to give mine to John Tavares, and you gave it to the whole team. Why don't we yep. all just give it to the whole team? Everybody out there in Facebook world and everyone that's you know listening to this for the first time, uh, this is Banditland Boulevard. You guys can send us who your player of the game was, if you, or if you agree with me, you disagree with us. That's that's what's so fun about doing this show is that we get to interact with you guys. And, uh, you know, Bandits, once again, we can say the final <clears> score, <throat> they won this one over Rochester, completing this regular season sweep of the Nighthawks, winning 14-8 to in Rochester. Uh, Tony, any final thoughts about this game before we wrap up tonight's show? Sure. Um, basically, because we I don't think we really talked about some other stats that we like to say, but I brought this up that not only did we sweep Rochester, but we outscored them 37 to 24 in the three games that we wow. had. Um, basically, um, with the power play, too, as well, uh, after experiencing, we went three for six, going 50 percent, and they went uh, Rochester ended up going three of four for 75 percent. Again, that also kind of like says to us, we need to work on our uh, penalty kill a little bit better. Right. But other than that, all team effort. If you win, that's all that matters. So basically, good job, guys, all around. And um, all I got to say is that keep your heads up, be prepared for next week because it's going to be another one of those games where you're going to be like, okay, it's going to get brutal, but we got to be smart about it. So right on. Yep. I think it's going to be a great one next week. So look out, uh, fans of this show at, over here at uh, Banditland Boulevard. Check out our upcoming preview episode between the week 14 matchup of the bandits and Albany firewolves. That's pretty much all we got for tonight. Once again, final score from Rochester last night, bandits, 14 Nighthawks eight from myself, Trevor Howard, and across from me, uh, Tony LaMonica, AKA box at 98 TL signing off for now. We're eight and one. We're flying high. Let's just keep this thing rolling. And as always, let's go bandits. Let's go bandits.